I am just coming in here to record this before we get to the actual episode. Um, Our episodes have been a bit out of order from when we recorded. So this episode actually came out before or we recorded this episode before we recorded our um, episode about George Floyd and racism and white supremacy. And um, we debated whether we should talk about um, racism and white supremacy on this episode at the beginning or do a whole episode and we decided to do a whole episode about it. Um, so the episode uh, before this one is all about that. Um, and the reason we were debating was because we wanted to make sure the most number of listeners would hear us talk about those really important issues and talk about you know, mass incarceration and police violence and, um, you know, the protests going on and white supremacy. Um, and we ultimately wanted to put a whole episode together about it, which we did. Um, but I really, really want to encourage anyone who's coming to this episode for the black and white discussion to go listen to the other episode first. Um, we knew that if we put a discussion at the beginning of a Talk Direction episode, then more people might hear it because, um, you know, they're waiting to hear the episode as well. Um, But we just needed more time. So I encourage anyone who hasn't listened to our discussion about white supremacy and George Floyd and the protests going on to go back and listen to the episode that came out before this one. It's a super important topic. Um, We talk about what you can do to help. We define some terms. Um... We encourage anyone to write in to us, anyone who wants to talk about it, come reach out to us on our social media at talk underscore direction, on Instagram at talk direction. Um, We want to keep that conversation going. So if you haven't listened to that episode, go listen, come engage us on social media, come ask us questions, point out where we made mistakes. Um, Yeah, I I just really urge everyone to go listen to that and to keep, um, you know, keep doing what you can. Um, to help the Black Lives Matter movement, um, because it's not a one-time thing. It's not, you know, a phase. It's not whatever. It's a lifelong commitment. Um, and yeah, we, I just wanted to say that um, before you get into the episode. Um, thank you guys and enjoy. This is why we have the Welcome to Talk Direction, your weekly One Direction and Harry Styles podcast. I'm Caitlin. And I'm Lucia. And this is our 226th episode of Talk Direction. And we have a special guest with us today. Welcome, Kelly. Hi, how are y'all doing? I'm doing great. How are you? Very good. I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having me. I'm great to, it's great to be here. Awesome. We're so happy to have you, to have like a new voice on the show, um, to just like get another opinion. We know you're really a big Nile fan. Um, so that's always great to have someone who like stands a boy a lot and like knows a lot about them, especially for today's episode, because we are doing a black and white song discussion, um, which is exciting because this is Nile's new single. And I think we all really enjoy the song. We haven't done song discussions in a while just because with quarantine, 
it just seems like a lot to put the energy into doing a song discussion, but I'm excited we're getting back to it um, and that we have a special guest on the show. So that's awesome. Um, I wanted to do a little bit of a quarantine check-in. Um, Lucia, how have you been this past week in quarantine? I have been okay. Um, it's uh, It's been a little challenging feeling so isolated, especially mm-hmm. in kind of current times. Um, but, um, but yeah, I've been okay. It's kind of like the same like nothing new really mm-hmm. this week from last week in my personal day-to-day life so yeah cool and Kelly how about you how have you been it's been good um I was lucky that I was able to uh spend some time with my family at the beach uh we had a a week down there in a house uh socially distancing from other people but uh it was a nice relaxing week I came back very refreshed That's good. Uh, and ready to uh keep going yeah that's so nice I wish I had like another place to go I like I'm like why don't I have a beach house or a cottage or like something that would be a perfect outlet at this time um yeah so that's nice that you got to go spend time with family at the beach um so for this episode we're going to be doing the black and white song discussion but first we want to check in with Kelly and get to know her a bit Um, Before we get there, though, we want to remind everyone that we have a Patreon, patreon.com slash talkdirection, where we have a whole bunch of bonus content. Kelly is actually one of our supporters over on Patreon. And one of the things that you get to do when you support us on Patreon is come on the show, which kind of feels like a treat for us as well, because then we get to actually talk to listeners instead of just typing and texting them. Um, so that's awesome. So Kelly, you are at the $10 level, right? Yeah. Uh, which, uh, you know, it's, it's like a Netflix subscription. It's cheaper than a Netflix subscription. So, uh, and I think you're <laughs> find it way more, you know, worthwhile than Netflix. I, you know, never watch Netflix. So <laughs> that is, that is very, very big praise. <laughs> yeah. Thank yeah. you so much. They don't, uh, they don't have weekly, uh, One Direction content. So, you know, that is so true. (laughs) Netflix really has to up their game if they're going to try to compete with us. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Um, Well, thank you so much for your support over there, Kelly, and everyone else who supports us over on Patreon. Um, We have this fun thing called Talk Direction Down Low, where we do little mini podcast episodes every time we record. Um, And last week we did a fanfic book club episode where we read a fanfic and talked about it. Um, In this episode, we're talking about the boys promo during quarantine, what they could be doing to promote their albums more, what they have been doing, what we think of promo and sort of where we see it going in the next year, given that tours are canceled um, and they've all just sort of recently released albums. So I'm excited to discuss that. And if you'd like to check it out, go to patreon.com slash talk direction. So I've called this segment here questions for Kelly, (laughs) Um, but usually when we have guests on that haven't (laughs) been on the show before, um, we ask them sort of get to know you questions about how they got into One Direction, how they heard about the podcast, who their favorite boy is, what music they're into. Um, So let's just jump into that. When did you get into One Direction, Kelly? Uh, Well, I've been aware of them since, I guess, What Makes You Beautiful, um, because I listen to radio and, Mm -hmm. uh, and things like that. And so I may mean, have heard the singles, and I uh, would say that I've even really, like, I heard Slow Hands and, like, really got into, not into Nile exactly, but, like, 
turned on like his station on Pandora and listened and it put put a lot of like the Flickr album, you know, and I uh, kind of got a lot of that exposure um, about two years ago. And then uh, just uh, last summer, back in July, I got uh, Amazon Music and had was like, well, let me listen to, you know, some more of this and really got into One Direction's music and was like, this is really great, you know. And uh, by the next month, I was deep diving in uh, to YouTube, you know, the yes. black hole that is YouTube, <laughs> and um, started following everyone on Twitter and Instagram and just, you know, really, you know, diving in deep. Um, it's that classic following... moment every fan has <laughs> where you're exactly. like, I went into the archives of YouTube and it was a hole. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's kind of like one of those, like, it took several years, you know, of just a sort of an um, awareness of mm-hmm. that they existed. And then just almost within like 48 hour period, just over a weekend, just like completely being sucked in. And I'm like, yeah. okay, now I'm one of them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Great. And we welcome you with open arms. It's oh, awesome that you yeah. found like One Direction and just even the solo music just from their solo careers, like hearing slow hands on the radio and like having uh-huh. sort of an idea of One Direction, but then the solo music roping you in. I think that's awesome. Exactly. And of course, that you know, they played a lot of Harry mixed in there, too. So it was like, you know, I was aware of his music, too, first before I would say I like fully dove in mm-hmm. and um Actually, I feel like I sort of came from Ed Sheeran a little bit because mm. last summer I kind of got into his music a bit and uh, was really into his songwriting and was looking at like other artists that he had written for. Mm-hmm. I actually have a playlist of uh, songs by Ed Sheeran on my Amazon Music um, that are all songs written by him. And One nice. Direction was, you know, he's written a lot of songs for them. And so, you know, that kind of drew, drew, sort of drew me in as well. Yeah. So, yeah. That's awesome. I do uh-huh. feel like lot of fans in the 1d community like are more interested in the songwriting than maybe like a casual listener of other people's music like finding people through songwriting is something I've heard a lot about like fans yeah, and that's that's one yeah. of the things too that I, I get frustrated with like music streaming services that they don't have an option to select songwriter like yeah. I, I, you know can you imagine like being able to like I want to listen to Jamie Scott songs or Julian right. Benetta songs and just being able to click on it and there it is instead of having to spend hours researching mm-hmm. and building your own playlist you yeah. know and I think uh, songwriters would get a lot more respect you know if, if it was a little bit easier for people to discover their work that's um, so true yeah, yeah. and I, I've even listened that. to like songwriter podcasts mm-hmm. um I love and the writer is yeah. And um I love uh Switched on Pop is really great as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I totally agree. I know like Apple Music has done a couple of those types of Apple Music playlists where it'll be like Julia Michaels and it'll have a list of like songs she wrote, but there's definitely not ones for like people who are just songwriters and they're like and that's what they do. Like I yeah. have not seen that and it's not yeah. easy to navigate. Um mm-hmm. they should totally do that. Yeah. Um, so do you have a favorite boy or favorite music you like to listen to? I mean, Niall is like a clear favorite of mine. I really enjoy his music, his personality the most. Um, I love his style and just like his whole aesthetic and everything. Mm-hmm. The golf is like one of the things that I'm really into as well. Like I'm not into oh, golf, nice. except that Niall's into golf. So I'm like, I like golf, you know, and I've, <laughs> I've even like during quarantine, I've had more time. So I've like watched like 
golf, you know, like highlights for like the past like two decades on YouTube and stuff like that. And, and enjoyed that and stuff. And mm-hmm. when the when the golf came back live a couple weekends ago, I was like, I've got to watch this. <laughs> it's live sports and it's golf. Yeah. So um, so that was kind of cool. And um, but I I love all the boys, you know, as well and support them and everything that they do. And I've really enjoyed most of the things that they've put out. Mm-hmm. Um, I I loved listening to Harry's album Fine Line back in December. I was like had it on and I was like putting up the Christmas tree and like Aww. listening and it's like I think I barely listen to Christmas music because I was mm-hmm. listening to Fine Line so much yeah. last year and um you know he's completely like hysterical on the promo that he did you know with James Gordon like both of them really you mm-hmm. know like all the stuff that they do like they just seem like the kind of people you'd really want to be friends with yeah you know like I, I, totally I want people agree. like that in my life you know I think that's such a reason why people get drawn into them and like all the old videos and stuff too. It just, they're so funny. They're so chill. They definitely seem like people you want to be friends with and could be friends with really easily. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, do you have a favorite 1D album and song? Um, I think Midnight Memories 4 and Made in the AM are like definitely their best work. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's still some really strong songs on Up All Night and Take Me Home. So like you can't leave those off the list either. You know, mm-hmm. it's it's really quality. And that's one of the things that really surprised me, I guess. You know, I sort of had preconceived notions about, oh, it's a boy, just another boy band. Right. Um, and uh, and I had I had been into uh, Backstreet Boys and NSYNC. They were really popular when I was in high school back in like the late 90s, early 2000s. And, um, you know, I've really been into them and, you know, over the years had like, you know, moved on to many other things as you usually do. And I'd gone back and listened to their music and it's like, oh, it's not that great. It doesn't feel like mm. it holds up. You know, I was I must have been just a gaga teenager, you know, into, <laughs> not that it was bad music, but it's just, yeah. it doesn't feel like it's held up. But I feel like even the stuff, like the older stuff, I feel like today kind of holds up, you know, mm-hmm. like some of it's a little cringy, yeah. you know, not quite the best, but, you know, especially the later stuff, you know, I feel like really holds up. It's very mature for, you know, young, young artists who had a young fan base at the time. And um, it's, I think, really quality music and I still enjoy it. You know, I listen to it all the time. Yeah. Um, um, as far as favorite songs, um, I think What Makes You Beautiful, I Fall Up All Night, is really great. You know, I know it's an old song that's been played a ton, but what it's a classic. It's a classic. It is yeah. a classic. You can't, like, make any list without putting it on there. There could never be a reunion tour or a reunion concert or anything that didn't include What Makes You Beautiful. Yeah. You know, it's just, it's just like, you know, their their first big hit, and it was, it was a huge hit. So yeah. it's got to be on there. I love, um, from Take Me Home, I love She's Not Afraid. I know it's a bonus track, you know, on like not the official album, but it was like, but it it just has just that energy with it, you know, Mm -hmm. it just, you know, and it's, there's like a thing that they sing and they sing, when they're singing the chorus that it just like has this interesting sound and it's like, it's different, you know, not like like other things. And I really love singing to it and like like sticking my earbuds in and just like dancing around the house to that song. So I really like that one. Um, Midnight Memories, I love Little White Lies. Uh, there's a synth in that that's just mm. like, oh my god, that's my jam. You know, like, <laughs> I really. <laughs> I mean, the I don't think the lyrics are that strong, and I mean they're all right. You know, they're they're not yeah. the worst, but um, but the, just that synth, it just mm. you know, 
so juicy and just want to like sink your teeth into <laughs> it or something. Do you, you have know? a musical background? I don't. I really don't. Um, but I, I like music a lot. So yeah. I feel, you know, I listen to like a ton of like musical analysis, like I said, podcasts and mm-hmm. YouTube videos and where people break it down and stuff. So mm-hmm. um, it's kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, for I Love Ready to Run, Girl Almighty and Act My Age. I like those. Those three are like real favorites off of that mm-hmm. one. And who can pick a favorite on Made in the AM? I love them all. <laughs> yes. yes. That's awesome. I think I approve of your songs. Oh, like, thank you. I think that's a good selection of music. Yeah. Like some of the old classics yeah. are just so good. Um, I know one of Kara's favorite songs, The Old Host, um, was She's Not Afraid. That was one of her favorites. And Lucia, you also really like that one. Yeah, it's definitely one of my favorites. Yeah. Feels like it doesn't get a lot of love, you mm. know? Yeah. yeah. It doesn't. It doesn't get enough. Yeah. Um, do you have a favorite solo album and song? Uh, I just love Heartbreak Weather. I think it's outstanding. Uh, it's a real pleasure to listen to just from beginning to end. No skips on that one. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as favorite songs, Bend the Rules and Arms of a Stranger. I just love those two songs. They've got some really interesting lyrics, like the way he talks about just different things in it. Um just the the chorus and bend the rules and uh the same with arms of a stranger it's just like i hadn't heard like i guess words or or, i guess lyrics written that way before Mm -hmm. you know so i I like both of those and i feel like it's almost kind of a shame that they weren't singles because because of how unique they are yeah you know what i mean so it's like you know i mean I, i still love the singles that he's put out you know they're good too but it's like oh I feel like these were ones that yeah who knows they might still be (laughs) I mean there's there's a lot of time you know maybe maybe (laughs) those might be late breaking singles you know exactly I I like that those are your two favorites I really like bend the rules as well Um, I feel Uh like these these are two that don't get enough love also yeah Mm Um, and then finally, do you have favorite 1D or solo memories from like concerts or friendships or just different things you've done in the fandom that just like you really love to think about because it's such a happy space? Uh, I'd say definitely just deep diving into YouTube, con- consuming literally hundreds of hours of 1D and solo content, like mm-hmm. just it over and over again, too. Like some of that stuff is just so rewatchable, you yeah. know, like Carpool Karaoke and Tattoo Roulette. Oh, my you God. Know. Yes. Um, I loved watching This Is Us uh, and the San Siro concert, you know, really great, top notch. Um, I love Niall's Instagram lives. Anytime he goes live, it's like, yay. You know, <laughs> I hope I'm not busy so I can watch it, you know, right. when it's live and like praying that he like either saves it or somebody else, you know, records it so that I yeah. can watch it later. And um, YouTuber Liam has been giving me life lately. So, um <laughs> He can just keep doing those forever because yeah. that's, that's, you know, fantastic content there. Um, and I got to see li- uh, Niall live back in, uh, back in December at Jingle Bell Ball in Atlanta. Oh, um, wow. So that was great. It was not long enough though. It was only yeah. like, I think like five or six songs. It was like, I think maybe like an 18 minute set or something. Mm. It was really quick and it was like, but my seats were great and, you know, I just had a great time just jamming out, you know. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. And um, I would say, too, I also have really gotten into Five Seconds of Summer and I think a lot because of uh, One Direction. 
It's yeah. like, you know, exposed me to their music as well. Again, I was aware of it. You know, I certainly had mm-hmm. heard the singles, but like just gotten to deep dive into them and they've released a new album lately and they've done a lot of promo recently. So that's been fun too. Yeah. So. It's amazing mm-hmm. how much like just following one musician or one band can lead you to so many other things, both in the music world, but also like you're into golf now, you know, yeah, like exactly. you get exposed yeah. to other things that you just wouldn't. It just opens yeah. your eyes to new experiences, which I love. Yep. Yep. Well, I feel like we know you a bit better now and I hope the listeners like have a sense of your how you came to be here how you got into one direction um and that will like guide us through the song discussion we're about to have um which will be black and white all right so today we're doing a song discussion on niall's song black and white um this is the second song on niall's album heartbreak weather it was written by niall julian Benetta, who obviously wrote a ton for one direction Teddy Geiger, um, who wrote with Niall on San Francisco, Cross Your Mind, Dear Patience, also wrote on Wendy's Little Black Dress and Where Do Broken Hearts Go, which I did not know. Um, and she's I didn't al- realize that either. Yeah, <laughs> I had no idea. I guess like I probably when we were discussing this, I didn't recognize the name, but now I'm quite familiar with her work and like her songwriting. So um yeah I didn't know but I was looking up what song she wrote on and Little Black Dress and Where Do Broken Hearts Go were on it um she's also written with Lizzo Shawn Mendes Selena Gomez Julia Michaels Liam Bridges a ton of other people um another writer on this song is Alexander Izquierdo who wrote Slow Hands uh he also wrote with Ice Cube Soldier Boy Flow Rider Big Sean Rihanna Maroon 5 Charlie Puth so a whole bunch of names um and scott harris also wrote on this song and he wrote on dear patience cross your mind and everywhere also on this album and then additionally with selena gomez julia michaels pink kesha megan trainer etc um i like seeing the crossover here because i know like certain artists um work together or like certain songwriters work together with different artists and you can start to see like who works with who and where the songwriting like connections crossover um yeah, like Julia Michaels with Sean Mendes, but also Teddy Geiger and Selena Gomez. Like, they're definitely a group of people that work together. Yeah. Um, and then the song was produced by Julian Bonetta and Teddy Geiger. Um, Niall has talked about a lot of his songs on the album, especially because he's been doing Instagram lives. Um, so I wanted to talk a little bit about what he said so far about black and white, and I'm definitely not covering all of it, but, um, Lucia, do you want to read the quote from the sun that I have? Sure. Um, black and white was one of my favorite songs that I've ever had the pleasure of making. When we were in the studio, I just had the best time. We were in the Bahamas and I think of this song as a wedding song. I had the title for a while and I was trying to think what I could do with it. I was getting a bit nostalgic with it, and the song is basically about the first person you ever go out with. When you're, like, 15, you're like, that's it. Me and you are getting married. (laughs) Uh, That's it. I've seen it in the movies. It looks exactly like this. So I just thought uh, black and white would be, like, the black suit and the white dress, and it would become a bit of a wedding song. It's got a very happy feel to it, like a stomping, driving tune. I think it may be my favorite on the album. Yeah, I feel like that makes sense. And I think it adds more to the context of the song, which I'll talk more about when we get into like the lyrical analysis of it. But this idea that it's like both a wedding song and additionally a song written from like 
someone who's like having their first relationship or like mm-hmm. really early on in a relationship and it's kind of like fantasizing about the future um I think is really interesting um on an Instagram live he's he said a lot of the sort of similar stuff that it's about like the early excitement in a relationship um and he was kind of talking about for him when he gets so excited at the beginning of a relationship it almost can sometimes end up ruining it because he falls so hard and fast um yeah and that he had this idea what oh I was gonna say yeah because I was gonna say I can completely relate to that because I have done that (laughs) <laughs> and, and not just one time it's like you you get you know you, you have that connection the chemistry is there and you're doing like the mental math in your head to figure out how you can make it work you know right. you like just putting all the you know putting all the pieces in a row and it's like no 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 slow down right <laughs> slow down you know <laughs> don't rush this yeah sure. exactly and like I feel like sometimes when that happens like you're building the person up in your head to like kind of what you want them to be and like what your expectations are without like exactly know, really having any substantial <laughs> something to to work with exactly um, yeah but at the same time like this is a wedding song so like it's just an interesting like I don't know balance yeah um, I guess because sometimes sometimes when you do that you actually do get it right right <laughs> <You know>? exactly <laughs> Um, yeah, and he was also talking about on this Instagram live that you sent, um, Kelly, like how he kind of when he's songwriting, he likes to sort of visualize it and see it almost like a movie scene. And he, he really saw like the black suit and the white dress and he saw like it, like a movie scene of people falling in love, um, which I just thought was interesting to sort of get a look into like how he likes to create songs. Like he, the imagery is really important for him. Yeah. And, you know, you're mentioning about the white dress and I like to I think it relates a little bit to the song dress uh, on the Target mm-hmm. edition um, mm-hmm. because it talks about the your, her. He's staring at her white dress, you know, and right. she's left. And it's like that's even that could be even like divorce, you know, like, right. you know, the, the white wedding dress that you wore when we got married and now we're yeah. divorcing. And, you know, it's like so it was like you know, it could go in a really wonderful, happily ever direction, but there could also be a giant cliff at the end of it, you know, where you just yeah. fall off and the whole thing is just goes up in flames. I and, never thought of and, it that way, connecting yeah. the song dress. That's so interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love so, that. Yeah. I think a lot of his songs kind of connect like mm-hmm. little words in this song and that song. And, uh, you know, maybe, maybe consciously he did, did that. Maybe it's just coincidence, you know, but right. I, I do like, I like that connection between those two songs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I feel like he did think about the order a lot, especially like dear patients coming after black yeah. and white. Uh-huh. Um, and I've listened to the album like in order every time. And I can just, at the end of black and white, I can just hear dear patients. Like I can hear his voice coming in yeah. um, and just like, on the Instagram live, he was talking about, you know, dear patience comes just after going like, I'm moving so fast. I'm like thinking of this future. And then he says to himself, hold up, like we need to slow down. Like, don't get ahead of yourself. Like be patient, take things one at a time. So like, I do think he's like, I don't think we're making it up. You know, I think he does have a lot of those connections that he's sort of weaving an album story throughout. Yeah. 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 Um, and then we've gotten a lot of live versions of this song. We got like a guitar lesson version. Um, we got a live version on James Corden before the quarantine happened. 
Um, and then we've gotten sort of quarantine versions. One World Together at Home. He did that concert. He's done Instagram Lives and played the song. Radio One Big Weekend. Um, Graham Norton. So we've gotten a lot of sort of at-home versions of this as well as the James Corden version. Um, and we have the stripped back version that he did, sort of the slow down version of the song um, as well. Um, so that's cool that we've gotten all these <laughs> random versions. Um, what do you guys or like Lucia, what's your take on all these versions? Um, I love that we have so many different versions of this song um, just because it's such a good song. I feel like um, I listen to the studio version a lot, but um, I loved that first James Corden version we got. You can really hear the harmonies happening um, really strongly, which I love the harmonies on this song so much. I think it's like one of the reasons that I like it so much. Mm -hmm. Um, they're there in the studio version, but you just can't really hear them as strongly because they're all kind of in the background. And when he did the James Corden version, you can really hear them really strongly. Yeah. Um, and I really like that. And also like that little violin in the, in that James Corden version. Um, it's so, it's so tiny, like the little, it's I think it's towards the end there's like a little violin moment um but it really like <laughs> it really adds a lot mm -hmm. um and then I feel like the stripped version like um obviously this being a wedding song you think of like where y you might play it at a wedding um and I feel like obviously the studio version is quite upbeat so you wouldn't necessarily like play it for a first dance or anything like mm -hmm. that but I feel like the stripped version you totally could yeah um because it's like slowed down um so I kind of like that like juxtaposition um, and the idea of it being like a first dance song. Yeah. Um, I feel like I think about that when I when I listen to it. Um, the stripped version. Um, it felt. I was it a waltz. It felt like the time signature was more of a waltz. I don't know. I, I don't know a lot so, of yeah. music, so I. But it, I kept wanting to do a waltz. Like my body was like, totally. You should like <laughs> do some like swaying waltz to it. You know. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And also in the stripped version, he after the bridge, he does a note change um, mm -hmm. in the, the final chorus. And it's like, I'd been singing that note change when I've been driving around. Like, I just wanted it to be that note change. Oh, and then, awesome. like, he did the same note change. And I'm like, <laughs> did I did I hear a live performance of him once maybe that, like, got in my subconscious? Or uh -huh. I, don't, I don't know. Those I'm are the moments sure. where I'm like, I should be a producer. I should be a songwriter. Like, I knew what should yes. be there. Like, exactly. I am that good. <laughs> like, my brain knew what to do. Yeah. No, so, totally. Sometimes you can just feel so hard, where it you know? should go. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, that's yeah cool. i think okay. i think the strip back version is great like it yeah. definitely sounds like a first dance song and i think like that the like the upbeat version is a great first dance song but i think this one will probably be used a ton for first dances which is exactly awesome. they, they yeah. definitely like were smart about that to put out a real acoustic like strip back version yeah um that could be sort of picked up and i hope this song like does do well on radio and well on like sort of outside fandom because it, yeah. it reminds me of like Ed Sheeran's like wedding song. It sort of has a similar imagery yeah. of um, what's that song called? Um, perfect. Yeah. Perfect. Sort of similar imagery, um, sort of similar sentiment. Um, and that, I know that one's a big wedding song. Yeah. So, mm -hmm. Yeah. I worry that, you know, with wedding season essentially being canceled this year, <laughs> 
<laughs> that it's yeah. like the timing could not have been worse you know like oh, it was set so up true. was set up to come out in may and june and you know be just the right time for it and now it's just like nope not happening <laughs> that is so true <laughs> sorry nile oh, yeah no. uh, i hope very, it... it's very oh no nile <laughs> yeah <Yes>. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I hope he can come back around when weddings are able to happen again. Yeah. Uh, Or maybe maybe people can incorporate it into their home weddings. Exactly. (laughs) Um, And maybe he'll he'll write another even greater wedding song in the future. Who knows? Yeah. 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 He's had time in quarantine. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, I bet he will. He's so, he's such a busy, busy writer. Um, But I was going to say this song, like, really really reminds me of a song that they would perform in glee um mm. if, i don't know if you've ever watched glee but um it's like totally a song that they would perform uh on that show um it definitely has that feel of like uh it would be, it, it's a song that you think like I, I think of when i listen to it of it being played at a wedding of like I don't know, there's some kind of choreographed dance or, like, something yeah. like that. Um, or in a movie, like, Niall kind of in- intended when he was writing it, like, this this song definitely needs to be in a movie or, like, a TV show during, yeah. like, a wedding scene, uh, for sure. To have, like, a giant dance production number. Yes. <laughs> yeah. That would be awesome. I remember, like, those, um, like, mob scene dance proposal things yes yeah flash mob proposals where they would do Mm -hmm. like a big dance or something Uh i remember there was one to bruno mars's song marry me (laughs) that was big back (laughs) in the day Uh, i wonder if someone will take this one and run with it um so anything else before we hop into the lyrical slash musical analysis uh well just i was gonna say um I, as far as like liking the studio version or the stripped version, it's like I kind of like them both. But I, I honestly like just heard the stripped version recently, and like I, I'm gonna be listening to that one on heavy rotation. Mm. <laughs> so um, I, I really like it. Um, but I, I think I'll I'll stick to the to the original too. Yeah. I like uh, you know both of those uh, are really good in a, to keep in the mix. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they have different feels. I love the original version. It's such an upbeat, <laughs> especially on the album. I feel like it really, like, um, it kind of, like, sets the tone for the album really nicely. Just such a fun jam to dance to. Um, yeah. But then the strip version adds, like, a beautiful counterbalance to that. Mm-hmm. All right. So now let's move on to the lyrical slash musical analysis. And we will start with the title black and white um i feel like already hearing black and white i think of like old-timey photographs i think of weddings i think of like formal stuff i don't know what i thought before like did we do a prediction about the songs and what they meant lucia before do you remember i am sure we did but i cannot remember (laughs) i don't know what i thought (laughs) Um, but i get like why he chose it it could have been called a number of things but i um I get why he chose the title. I think it's a good title. Um, what do you think, Kelly? Uh, yeah, I think it's a really great title. Um, there have been a few other songs called Black and White. So, you know, it's uh, off the top of my head. The only one that's coming to mind is, uh, well, Black or White, I guess, is coming to mind from Michael Jackson. Yeah. <laughs> but um, it's a very different song from that song. Yeah. 
Um, but I, I like it. I like the sort of, like Niall mentioned, um, the sort of relationship between the black tuxedo and the white dress, mm-hmm. you know, traditional uh, wedding dress uh, for wedding attire for the bride and groom. So mm-hmm. I think that's nice. Yeah. And Lucia, what do you think? Um, yeah, I'm having a little bit of a memory now of us talking about this in our predictions. I don't know if this is accurate or not, but I feel like we were, at least maybe I was thinking of the kind of the picture frame idea of like oh, a black yeah. and white photo. And yeah. I don't know that we thought about weddings when we oh. talked, because I, I remembering our predictions and I don't remember yeah. us talking about black and white as a wedding. I think we were kind of talking about like maybe it was about like an old love or like someone mm. who's passed away or something yeah. like that. Yeah, I think you might be right. I totally don't <laughs> recall. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, no, it's a solid title. Yeah. Um, so then it kind of starts out with this wonderful plucking sound and this <laughs> background growing sound. This is how I describe <laughs> stuff. Like, you know where it's like, <gasps> yeah. I guess like <laughs> going, going louder. It kind of just reminded me of 1D. I feel like they had that sort of fade in loud sound in the background over top, like a guitar or something. Mm-hmm. Um, I think just again, and I said it a million times, this album reminds me of sort of 1D-esque stuff. And I think this song in particular is like very 1D style. Yes. Um, yeah. And then, um, yeah, do you guys have stuff about the beginning music? Um, I think because it kind of comes in soft and slow, sort of like you think it's going to be a ballad, and then, like, the music kind of kicks in just a little Mm. bit later. And so it's like, oh, okay, that's not what I was expecting, you know. Yeah. Yeah, so it's kind of surprising, which is nice. Yeah, I see that, like, on the song, there's a lot of, like, it's slow, and then it like the chorus will bang in and then it pulls back again and then the chorus bangs in and like it's sort of getting louder and louder as it goes it reminded me of end of the day in that way where end of the day like really has a slow part and then an upbeat part and a slow part and upbeat so i totally get that feel as well and it ends really slow it ends really slow too it just kind of gets really soft at the end and then just kind of fades out you know yeah totally um and i feel like that the progression of the music adds to the meaning of the lyrics for me definitely as well mm, yeah um, and almost, almost kind of like you? a oh i was gonna say almost like kind of like a wave like a kind of comes comes up you know crashes in and sort of slowly yeah. like like draws that back out to the sea definitely definitely it's like yeah i you go for it <laughs> <laughs> Um, I was going to say I totally agree with both of you. Um, I really like the the um, contrast between the more upbeat parts and the quieter parts. I feel like it makes it really dynamic and, like, mm-hmm. it makes it just really fun to listen to because, like, instead of it being, like, a song that the whole thing is fast and upbeat, it, like, goes fast and upbeat and then, like, quiets down again and then, like, goes up again. It just, like, keeps you really interested and it, like, yeah. I don't know, it's just such a fun song to listen to and I bet that's a big part of it because, um, like you have that excitement moment and then it kind of goes away and then you get it back again and like it's kind of almost like when the beat drops in like uh mm-hmm. those electronic yes. songs uh-huh. but it's, it's not quite a beat drop but it has that same energy of like now the beat drops and then you're like in the chorus like your fist pumping or something yep. <laughs> like, yeah it has that same quality yeah um so the first verse of this song is 
That first night, we were standing at your door, fumbling for your keys, then I kissed you. Asked me if I want to come inside, because we didn't want to end the night. Then you took my hand, and I followed you. Um, And this is very, like, acoustic. The acoustic guitar kicks in, and there's, like, this deep bass behind it. Um, And to me, like, Niall's voice sounded so close to your ear. It feels like you're right there, especially when he sings, like, and I followed you like there's like this pause and it just feels like you're right there Mm -hmm. um and i think just the imagery here reminds me of like it's a first date maybe and he's remembering that where it's like you're fumbling for your keys and then you have your first kiss and then you're like you want to come inside Um, yeah and it's kind of like that excitement yeah i can definitely it feels it feels very intimate you know because you are sort of about to cross a line with someone Mm -hmm. you know that before it's like you know, there was, you know, clear delineation, you know, this is you and this is me, but now, you know, we're, we're about to, to sort of take it to the next level. And it just, it feels very, um, sort of fraught with, you know, a lot of emotions and, Mm. um, just, you know, you're ready to take it to that, that next step. And, um, and I I like the fact that it's her place and not Mm. his place, you know? Yeah. So like she's, she's brought him back to her place. Yeah. So, Mm-hmm. He likes to do that a lot, like slow hands. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That as that's well. a good a good uh, observation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she asks me if I want to come inside. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. What else was I gonna say about this? Um. Oh, just like the the way that it rhymes, it doesn't really rhyme. Like, there's not the ending. The ending. Like door you inside the door night, you is you. so funny to me because every time <laughs> like, I sing it, it's like uh, standing at your door. Then I kiss ya. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He he almost he almost makes it sound like he's saying your instead of you. I kiss yes. your yeah. Like your what? Your lips? Your cheek? Your hand? What did you kiss? <laughs> yeah, he's, he kind of threw rhyming out the window. Was like, I'm just gonna pronounce the words how yeah. I want to, so they work in this. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, but I'm glad like he was more focused on choosing the lyrics he wanted than <laughs> making the yes. rhyme. Yes, yeah, exactly. Then we move into the chorus, which is, Yeah, I see us in black and white, crystal clear on a starlit night, in all your gorgeous colors. I promise that I'll love you for the rest of my life. See you standing in your dress, swear in front of all our friends. There'll never be another. I promise that I'll love you for the rest of my life. So this is where we were talking about that drum kicking in and the beat really starts going and it becomes that sort of stomping sound, stomping song, as Niall calls it, where you just like want to get up and dance. Um, Yeah. And this is also the part where I remember when we initially talked about the album, I was like, this song sounds like The Greatest Showman, like A Million Dreams. That song, it sounds so much like it to me. Oh, yeah. Um, And Uh one of of our listeners, Shelly Ann, was like, it told me that it's the part that's like, in the greatest showman song a million dreams that goes every night i lie in bed the brightest colors through my head it's like the Uh same melody or whatever um okay you know what's so weird what literally listening to this song this morning it was reminding me of never enough from the greatest oh yes that song too like those were the two i picked never enough and a million dreams i think it's gotta sound like both of them then yeah i can't remember what part was reminding me I think it was in all your gorgeous colors. Yes. Ah, 
I don't know. I don't remember, but there was something about it that I was like, it reminded me of that song. That's so weird. Yes. It totally is. It totally could be on that soundtrack. It also has that epic feel. Like, it's just like this epic, Mm -hmm. like, singing into the night sky type of feel of a song. Um, Yeah. So I definitely hear that here. Um, And then in terms of, like, the meaning behind the song for me, it seems like he's picturing this future relation like this is at the start of the relationship but he's like jumping in and picturing like I see us standing there together like at a wedding at at our wedding like you in your white dress and like swearing in front of all our friends like saying our vows that we'll like never have another and that we're going to be together for the rest of our lives and it's both kind of in the wedding song stance it's like if it is at their wedding, like then it all worked out. But on the other hand, it's also him like really jumping the gun at at, this this first date or whatever it is Uh where he's just kind of jumping ahead and seeing like a total, like just, you can't really control yourself from picturing a future with someone. You can't just, it's really difficult to say like, okay, slow down if you're really into someone. Um, and it feels like this is both of those, um, yeah, so you know, it gets like this fantasizing, wishful thinking, but also like if it is your wedding, like good, you made it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Also, the the contrast of like the black and white versus the gorgeous colors um, is interesting. Like all your gorgeous colors, I really love that as kind of uh, sort of like a metaphor too for someone's like personality and like all the amazing things about them that he's sort of learned throughout like their relationship he like sees all their all the colors even though he's also talking about black and white um, yeah that's a nice yeah. it is a nice contrast and I like the when to be I guess your qualities to be described as your gorgeous colors because mm. like everybody does have like different colors to them and different shades of all those colors too it's like there's mm-hmm. so much that makes up what a person is and yeah. it, your husband is the, or your wife or your spouse or whatever is the person who really is the one that gets to see all of those things. Like if it's right. a good match, they will see all of those things like that. Most people in your life don't really get to see all of that. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they only get to see little parts of it. And so, um, I really like that, that, you know, he's, he can see, he can, I can see us in black and white and all, crystal clear and sterling, all your gorgeous colors. So it's like, he's mm-hmm. seeing her, you know, yeah. and that's like, for me as a woman, it's like, that's like the biggest goal is just to be seen by someone, you know, mm. like so many times you're just overlooked or you hide yourself away, right. you know? And so it's like, you know, to some, to have someone to sort of express in a song that like, I, I can see all of your gorgeous colors, you know, like yeah. to me, that's just like super deep, you know? Yeah. Uh-huh. I love that. And it is, it is true. Like what you said about being overlooked and whatnot and having yeah. someone see you and then like still, like being like, I see all your colors and they're gorgeous. Like I see yeah. the good, I see the bad. Yeah. And, and then, and right. then that I think they're beautiful, you know, yeah. and other people might not, or you might not think they're beautiful. Other people might not think they're beautiful, but it doesn't matter because I think they're beautiful. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. I also love that, that imagery of like crystal clear and like the, just the words starlit night, crystal clear on a starlit night. Like it's just so pretty the way that yeah. rolls off it's the almost, tongue. Well, the, the crystal clear especially is like kind of like an alliteration, you know, you just sort of, mm-hmm. and then this 
I think the starlit night, you know, like the, the consonants that go along with that are just, mm-hmm. I think it, very it's nice. It sounds, it sounds nice. It feels nice saying yeah. it too. Yeah, it does. Mm-hmm. And it's very rhymey compared to the verse, like white night. Like, yeah. That, that's much more rhymey than the, the verse. Yeah. Uh, Lucia, what did you think of the chorus? Um, I agree with you guys. I really love the crystal clear on a starlit night is so pretty and in all your gorgeous colors is like probably my favorite um i also really love the music like the chord changes um behind that portion um and this chorus just like really gets me like even hearing you read it i was like getting a little like almost a little teary (laughs) (laughs) just like uh yeah, I promise that I'll love you for the rest of my life. It just like really evokes that feeling of like that true love feeling or like the your first love when you think you're going to like be with someone forever. Like mm-hmm. there's some it's just very romantic and like uh, it really gets yeah. me. Um, yeah. yeah, especially how he sings that line. Like, yeah, he sings it with so much passion that I promise mm-hmm. that I'll love you. Like, it's so it's such a strong vocal there. It really is. Yeah. Um yeah, and I love the the way that the chorus just kind of keeps going. Like the um, the first half of the chorus, I think when that ends, like when he starts to say "see standing in your dress," like um, there's almost like a, a a part where you think it might be like a different melody, but it's like it mm-hmm. continues kind of in the same like um, like really strong like kind of yelling voice. Like when you sing yes. this song, you have to yell. You to sing do. It. Um, yes. And then it like just keeps going, and like mm-hmm. uh, I feel like that's like a little bit. I don't know if it's unexpected, but it's just fun that, like, it keeps going and, like, you get to have this, like, long, like, yelling um, chorus. And, yeah, it's just such a fun song to sing because of that because you really have to be, like, yelling it. Um, Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Stomping, fist banging, and yelling. Yeah. Yeah. Just just roll the windows down and let your hair down, you know. Exactly. Uh (laughs) Yeah. Um, All right. Then we get into the next verse. Which is, um, now we're sitting here in your living room telling stories while we share a drink or two. And there's a vision I've been holding in my mind. We're 65 and you ask, when did I first know? I always knew. Um, And this is sort of how it jumps from like that super upbeat chorus to the quieter um, verse again. Although it's definitely a louder verse than that first verse. Um, And... Again, it seems like this maybe has some time passage since verse one, where it's like verse one was maybe like a first date or like first like moving into that next sort of level. And now they're sitting in the living room and telling stories with their friends. And he has this idea of sort of picturing them when they're in their 60s and they're still together, Um, which again reminds me of like the Ed Sheeran stuff where he's Mm -hmm. even um, the other song, the other wedding song he has I mean, he has a million songs that could be wedding songs but, Think, um, thinking out loud yeah thinking out loud mm-hmm. where he talks about being old with his partner and still being together and finding each other beautiful and being in love and whatever yeah um so yeah and and I like the um the person turns to him and says when did I first know I always knew and the way he says it, it's kind of all like one sentence as mm-hmm. if like there's no there's no thought 
it's just like I always knew like it just comes it comes it sounds like it's one sentence you know when did I first know I always knew from from um, the moment like, that we were fumbling for your keys I knew yeah, yeah. exactly yeah <laughs> exactly um yeah so I like the sort of way that's structured that mm-hmm. sentence um what did you think of this verse Kelly um there's a lot of it that I liked um so you know we talked earlier about the the white dress relating to the song dress and I think sitting in your living room I think relating to kissing on the couch uh, mm. in dress you know like because the couch is usually in the living room and so I you feel like this is like uh you know the happy bright side of it and it you know later on in the album it kind of turns dark um yeah. kind of the same with um telling stories while we share a drink or two um is you know bright and you know cheerful kind of the same with um uh, no judgment, barefoot in a bottle of wine, you know, mm. but, um, but then you also get to, um, I think it's arms of a stranger was, uh, or is it been the rules? I forget which one, but he's, um, pour myself a glass. It won't be the last, mm. um, it's just our medicine for now. And so, um, just kind of like the sort of just different songs touching on certain, you know, like nouns, you know, basically, <laughs> Yeah. I guess, you know, that, that just sort of relate in different ways. And so to yeah. me, that kind of s- sort of sticks out. Um, let's see. And, um, oh, when he says, um, when we're 65, always reminds me of the Beatles, um, when we're 64, yeah. you know, and it's like being young now and thinking about what our life is going to be like when we're old, you know, and mm-hmm. thinking that 65 is old, which I'm starting to get, I mean, I'm not anywhere in 65, but, you know, I'm in my late thirties now. And so it's like, 65 used to be old but now I'm maybe not quite so much right <laughs> you yeah. know like you know like uh it's kind of but not really <laughs> you know? yeah so um but you, you know just 65 is kind of like when we're 64 you know just sort of relating to that um and I like that song too <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah I think even the idea of like the nouns being used in multiple songs it does show you like the sort of same scenario of having a drink with someone or having a drink in general, given the context of emotion can be so different. And oh, definitely. A different meaning. Yeah, exactly. Um, and like, you know, a lot of his songs relate to the same person in the same scenarios. And so it is connected. So in dress, when he is reflecting back to being on the couch, like, that could also be how he was feeling when he was on the couch and he was thinking of like his emotions from that time with black and white. Like there's definitely crossover there. Yeah, exactly. So I, I like that they're almost like, like sequel songs, you right. know, like, um, we, we're so accustomed in our, uh, like in films and television to episodic storytelling. And it's like, it almost feels like in this album, the songs almost feel like, sequels to one another in this sort of yeah. series you know which I mean obviously yeah. he, that's what he said he wrote it as and so it's, it's mm-hmm. interesting that someone is doing something like that with music in an album you know it's mm-hmm. not just a collection of random songs you know it's right or or songs about a particular topic but it's it relates to a storyline and I, I really yeah. like that yeah definitely Lucia what about you in this verse um yeah, I really I I love the the kind of um timeline and how the album really is like cohesive. Um and I also even find it um connected to the first album in a lot of ways like um hearing this song I can't help but think of this town. 
um, which is obviously the first solo song Niall ever put out. Um, And it's like a really different emotion because obviously this song is like you're in that relationship and in the beginning and like looking into the future and you're happy. And this town is more about like you are in the future and you don't have the person, but like you you still have those feelings. Um, And so I like really really remember or really think of this town when I'm listening to this song um and I feel like there's a lot of connections on on both of his albums between songs and I feel like this is like what this is like what Niall does so well um I think like the fact that this town was his first single like makes sense because this kind of the 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 kind of like concepts of like nostalgia and like first love and like Mm -hmm. I just feel like he does that kind of like romance romantic songs so well yeah Um, yeah. i like i like his style of storytelling it's very descriptive Mm -hmm. and it's uh you sort of it's not general like a lot of pop songs are very general because they're supposed to appeal to a very broad audience and Mm -hmm. so everybody should be able to like just fill in their own things on a pop song but with his it's like he's being very specific um so you really get a picture and a sense of exactly like not just emotionally what's going on but like like sort of a tactile like understanding yeah. of exactly the space that he's in and you know all that's going on around and so I really like that yeah, yeah. totally I think yeah the connection between songs really points to Niall being a consistent songwriter and mm. having you know someone leading the writing of an album versus yeah. like One Direction where there's a lot of songwriters and a lot of boys and other artists who really work with songwriters as the people who are coming up with the ideas versus Niall. It feels like everything's really coming from him and his story and his head and the way he wants to write. And I think you can see that reflected in his work, given like the connections between songs on each album and then across albums, you can also see his style of writing and where he comes from emotionally as well. It's very similar. Exactly. And it feels like he's really in the driver's seat. Like he's the one that is setting the course in the direction and all the other songwriters are only just there to help support him to help bring extra ideas on lyrics or music. And that really he's the one that's coming up with like the bulk of it, you know, Mm -hmm. and they're just sort of adding little bits. Yeah, totally. Yeah, this verse always, um, or when I first listened to it, uh, I was with my friend Paige, we were listening to it together, um, and when this verse came came on, we both, like, looked at each other and, like, started crying, <laughs> <laughs> because, like, when we're 65 and you ask, when did I first know, um, it was very, like, sappy uh, lyric, um, but also the way that the music underneath kind of... Um, adds to it like when he sings um when did I first know and then when he says I always knew like the music kind of stops for a sec um to really emphasize the I always knew line and he like sings it very delicately um which I think he's very good at now like mm-hmm. yeah uh-huh. yeah I was just gonna say Lucia I always appreciate how much like you're affected by the songs and like when you listen with friends and stuff <laughs> The emotional journey you go on. I feel like sometimes very emotional I'm like, person. I, I agree. I, I not. Can, I'll second that. <laughs> it's very nice. Um. So then we have the chorus again. Does anyone have anything about this chorus that's different from last chorus? No. 
Um, then it goes into the wonderful bridge, which is, and I want the world to witness when we finally say I do. It's the way you love. I got to give it back to you. I can't promise picket fences or sunny afternoons, but at night when I close my eyes, um, I love this bridge. I think oh, yeah. the tune is so good. The melody is so nice. Um, again, there's sort of that continuation of sentences that Niall does where it's like two different sort of a call and response sentence. It's the way you love. I got to give it back to you where it just kind of flows into one sort of idea. And it's so... Um, uh like effortless i guess mm-hmm. um and i like the the imagery of he can't promise picket fences which i think picket fences kind of represents that like stereotypical perfect like cookie cutter life that's gonna be like you have picket fences and 2.5 children and like a lawn and blah 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 yeah he's like i can't promise you that <laughs> but like i like can't promise it's gonna be perfect all the time and sunny afternoons but, like, I know, like, I can promise you something amazing and beautiful. Um, and just the way his whole voice sounds in this bridge is really stunning. Um, yeah, I love it. Kelly, what do you think? It's my favorite part of the song. Um, I like um, I like the way he says, when I finally say I do, the way he sings that. Like, yes. it's just like, I sing it that way, too. And it's like, it's just different, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I like it a lot. Um and um the way you love I gotta give it back to you like to me that's like that's the goal right like just to you because you're getting it so much coming at you it's it's so easy to give it back you know like it's Mm -hmm. not work at all it's just I want to give it back because yeah you know like I owe it to you you know and not in a bad way but in like I want to in a good way kind of thing um I do have a confession to make. I misheard the lyrics uh, when I first <laughs> heard the song because I thought it was, I can't promise weekend picnics on Sunday <laughs> afternoons. <laughs> that works too. Yeah, it has the same sentiment though. It really does. Uh, but but I do I do like the promise picket fences. Um, and like you said, I... Um, about being like uh, the the cookie cutter picture perfect you know suburban life, um, mm-hmm. and I think about because like he's an international pop star like he's got yeah. to tour the world he is doesn't even live in the same city a hundred percent of the time he's you know he's a, a public figure so there's going to be prying eyes you know like this mm-hmm. the world is not you know leave it to Beaver <laughs> kind of right. a life that he can offer but you know he's he's still going to love this person and, Mm. you know, do whatever he has to do, you know, to build a good life for them. Mm -hmm. You know, even if that's not, you know, the, what the, the perfect image, you know, people, the, the the so-called American dream, but you know, we're going to make this work and, uh, you know, I'll love you, you know? And so like, I really liked that. And I think that's such a relatable line for a lot of people. Like, yeah. You know, it fits with Niall's career and the fact that he travels, but it also fits with every other lifestyle that people have where they can't necessarily have that life that is supposed to be so great. You exactly. Know? Yeah. Um, yeah. Lucia, what do you think of the bridge? Um, I love this bridge. Um, 
a couple of things I like about it. One is um, I really like how it flows into the last chorus because um, mm-hmm. the last line is, but at night when I close my eyes um, and you can kind of see that go into I see us in black and white. Like when I close mm-hmm. my eyes, I see us in black and white. Yes. Um, so I really like that kind of flow uh, from the bridge into the last chorus. Um, and then also like the the bridge is sung in such a, uh, like specific way. Um, it's almost like with like very little breath, maybe like, I feel like when mm. I sing the bridge, I like kind of close off my throat while I'm singing it. Um, cause it's like very like shouty and like, yeah. I don't know, there's something very like specific in how he like sings the bridge. Um, yeah. And, and then I'd going so- into that, that chorus after, which is so like slowed down. It's like, that's when yes. you breathe, you know, then you take a breath. Yeah. Um, I'd be really interested to see like when they were writing this song, like how he decided to like sing it that way. Um, Mm -hmm. and also like, uh, if we ever get tours again, um, (laughs) (laughs) this song will be a killer to sing every night. Uh, like I sing this song once in my house and my, my voice is like shot. Um, so (laughs) Yeah, especially oh, that It's definitely going to be a crowd one that gets the, yeah. the whole mm-hmm. crowd really screaming it out. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he, might, he might have to, like, end the show with it. Like, yeah. yeah. Probably. Save it to the end. You know? Vocals rough. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I do have um, one more thing to say about the bridge, and that was the first line about I want the world to witness when we finally say I do. And, like, mm. how much of a percentage chance do you think Niall is going to actually... <laughs> let the world know when he's married which is absolutely zero <laughs> chance <laughs> that is not, no, good not gonna happen yeah <laughs> very true he seems like the type that like could be married for 10 years and no one knows you know like yeah uh, i feel like he just knows how to like run under the radar you know yeah mm-hmm. uh-huh. yeah it is interesting to think about that and think about it with all the boys too if they decide to get married yeah how is that all gonna work I would think don't tell a soul until it's done. Like I said, you've been fi- married for five years and no one knew about it, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, so then it ends with sort of a slowed down por- part of the chorus. Um, and then it bangs back in uh, with another upbeat chorus. And in that chorus, there's a lot of sort of background vocals where Niall's singing and there's different sounds and it's very layered. Um, and then we have the slowed down outro where he says, and there'll never be another, um, I promise that I'll love you for the rest of my life. And it gets very acoustic here and it really slows down in a way that rolls right into Dear Patience, sort of the slowness of Dear Patience. Yeah, I like that a lot. You know, it's not a jarring, you know, upbeat song and then a slow song. It's like it actually sort of mm-hmm. rolls into it. It's it's very yeah, nice. Definitely. And I feel like the way that it slows down at the end, sort of in terms of lyrics, it's almost like him coming back down from the fantasy where it's like he had this whole he was sort of jumping ahead of himself. And then it kind of like rolls back where he is kind of more in reality a little bit. And it almost has a sadness to it that it's like also sort of with the 
understanding that the relationship, whatever it may be, didn't work out. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, And it's like, it's almost like this is where I was at the beginning of a relationship. And now I'm writing from the perspective when the relationship's over Uh and sort of reflecting back to when I had such high hopes and yet now it's over and done with. And I know this won't all happen. I just feel a tinge of that where it gets like, slow down again at the yeah end. like I, that just hit me like you're right like because mm-hmm. he is writing this after this relationship is over because mm-hmm. you know we we all know right. <laughs> and um so yeah that that really is it's almost like uh not the the speaker anymore of the song now it's really Niall the songwriter right. kind of saying yeah. you know I promise that I'll love you for the rest of my life and I also feel like it almost like relates to still you know, like mm-hmm. I'm still in love with you. I probably, yeah. even though we're never going to be together, it's never going to work out. I'm still going to love you for the rest of my life. Yeah. Exactly. You know, because these, I've made, you know, I've carved out this part of my heart for you, you know, yeah. and it's yours mm-hmm. and it's, you're there, you know, I put you there and it'll be there forever, even if I can't yeah. be with you. So that's so well said. I feel like Niall is that kind of romantic person where he's he like, if he ever loves someone, like he always will love them, um, and I love, I love that, uh, I love that view of this ending, the ending of the song, because I didn't think about that either until now, but it totally makes sense, because mm-hmm. um, in like the chorus and throughout the song, that line is like, uh, "I promise that I'll love you." Um, I see us in black and white, so it's like that line talking about like the future. Um, like I promise that I'll love you for the rest of my life. See you standing in your dress, but then the ending. Um, with just and there'll never be another I promise that I'll love you for the rest of my life could totally apply to someone that he's like no longer with it could apply to someone that he's like hasn't spoken to in years like it could could Mm -hmm. a lot of a lot of um, mean a lot of different things yeah yeah Um, I love that and like that moment of reflection you know Mm -hmm. as he's writing it does feel like that yeah wow Um, Lucia do you have anything else about the end of this I don't think so. Um, no. And Kelly, how about you? No, but I've really gotten some great insights. So it's been very enjoyable discussing the lyrics with you. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. That's really so, always fine. Yeah. It's like I, you just get such a new perspective when you talk about it with other people. Yeah. Really. Yeah, well, it was really fun to talk about it um, with you and get, get someone else's um, opinion, especially someone who, like, Niall is, like, your – favorite so yeah. like mm-hmm. I feel like you're yeah more I can't think of words this morning I'm but expert. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah it's good to know it's good to know my many many hours of standing Nile are like starting to pay off you know yeah, right. yeah like, it just you it... have a deep appreciation for him I do so. I have yeah. a very deep appreciation for a, a wonderful human being so yeah. <laughs> it reminds me too of how much like I don't like I you can't close follow every single boy and like sometimes people will say something who's like a really big fan of one of the boys and I'm like yeah I didn't know any of that and it's like probably so obvious to someone else who follows them but like with Harry I feel like I know everything you know like I watch every single content although it's much easier to be up to date on Harry because he doesn't really put out much <laughs> that's but, true that is very true you know yeah um do you guys think this will do well on radio i mean i don't think i've heard it on radio but i also don't think i've been listening to the radio i like, I, this... 
do well as a single? I don't, sadly, I don't think so. I don't, his other stuff hasn't done that well either. I don't think, you know, mm. like it just hasn't gotten the airplay and I don't know what it is. Yeah. You know, I don't know if, I mean, I don't know a whole lot about radio and the politics that go behind it, but mm-hmm. it kind of feels like he just doesn't have the people pushing him as an artist that uh, it seems like other artists, doesn't matter what they put out, it, their stuff goes straight to the top, gets played right. all the time, you know, and it's like, well, I don't think it's that good, but maybe what do I know? I don't, you know. Yeah, I know. I've, I've seen more and more people talking about the politics of radio play and like how companies will pay radios like they'll pay thousands and thousands of dollars for like certain singles to be played and it's such a competitive business yeah. and it's not just like oh who's who's liking what songs it's like there's a lot of money that goes into a single making it big and yeah especially for new artists yeah um, and I feel like I, I follow a few play- people on Twitter that are like do radio promo for now stuff and a few accounts mm-hmm. that do that and so like I'll see them posting and stuff and it's like I'll try to like go and like you know do some tweets and things but it's like mm-hmm. I don't know it just feels like you know you never get anywhere with it you know and right. it's like it's kind of sad and unfortunate I feel like you know it just mm-hmm. and I feel like Niall does the work like he goes on the radio shows and does the interviews with the DJs and stuff but it's like mm-hmm. they don't play his music and it's frustrating because it's like you realize you're giving you know he's giving you his time to be on your air to get you listeners to listen to him like the least you could mm-hmm. do is like play his music some more you know what I mean right. like I, I feel like he brings a fan base like I, I just, mm-hmm. but I don't get it, you know. Like I said, the politics mm-hmm. of music, it, who knows what all goes on behind the scenes, you know. Yeah. So, but he, I think he's doing all right. <laughs> mm-hmm. so. I feel like this one has the capability of taking off like, yeah. because I think it's more relatable yeah. than maybe some of his other songs. Um, but I don't know. It's like sometimes you just have to like strike goals or something. Yeah. And these times are so weird with quarantine and everything. Yeah. Like, everything's changing so much you know so Mm -hmm. it's like I who knows these days yeah totally um and then how about the music video did you guys watch the it's called like the official music video but it's kind of just the song playing with a lot of behind the scenes um clips of Niall it's kind of almost like a lyric video there's some interesting animation going on um uh, yeah what did you guys think of that is this like just one of those sort of lyric music videos are we going to get another one when quarantine's over that's more production and more it kind of uh, reminds story me line? it kind of reminds me of slow hands uh, music video and yeah. my understanding was that there was a music video they were trying to do for slow hands but then like something happened with the production of it and it didn't work out so then they had to put mm. something else out which is what we got the slow hands video and I almost feel like that's kind of this thing too is that you know, they were going to do something with the music video, but then quarantine happened and they weren't able to film it. So they gave us, Mm -hmm. you know, and it's mostly rehearsal, I think, footage from Mm -hmm. tour, which makes me cry (laughs) and sad (laughs) when watching it because it's clips of him rehearsing for the tour that had to be canceled. And I know how much he was looking forward to touring with Lewis and Fletcher, uh, Lewis Capaldi and Fletcher. And I was really looking forward to see him on tour. And so it's like, it's kind of hard to watch now, Um, but it's cute. And there's, I think my favorite part is where he's on the ground with the little like bicycle 
path thing where he's like mm. pretending to be riding the bicycle sign. <laughs> it's kind of funny. Yeah. So I, I mean, I like I, it, you know, but it's like, ugh, it's kind of like, ugh, yeah, you know, I forgot that we didn't get a slow hands music video and that's like Niall's most famous song. I yeah. Say. So it's yeah. so interesting. Such a shame that we never got a video for that. I know. song. Yeah, I would have liked a choreographed dance routine for Slow Hands. That would yeah. have been something. Didn't we have like some? Wasn't the video gonna be? Wasn't like there's some behind the scenes footage of like Niall in like a wet shirt, like soaking wet? Am I remembering that wrong? Uh, I don't know, no but idea. you need to send me that link if you have. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it was just like in my own mind. <laughs> I don't remember. No, I don't. No. <laughs> um well maybe we'll get one maybe it could be come out next summer yeah like during wedding season and try to like re-up that maybe. like sometimes singles take a really long time to actually become big like adore you didn't go right away like it only started becoming big like months after the fact like it takes a long a slow climb to a slow one. build yeah yeah so yeah. you never know yeah um what were each of your favorite lyrics in this song i feel like mine probably was the crystal clear on a starlit night one that one's so pretty that is nice um i liked the bridge mainly i think that's kind of kind of the part that really gets to me that bit yeah um the chorus is i'm kind of not kind of iffy on you know like i'm more more for the verses in the lyric uh in the bridge for me on this one Mm-hmm. Yeah. Lucia, what about you? Well, I think I think the whole sequence, crystal clear on a starlit night and all your gorgeous colors, I promise that I'll love you for the rest of my life. I think yeah. that whole sequence is my favorite. It is really pretty. Um, well, this has been a great discussion and very eye-opening. Um, I feel like I got to know the song in a more in-depth way. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm excited to listen again and also just really listen for the context of it on the album. Sort of like what you were saying, Kelly, all those sort of things that tie it in together. Um, after doing sort of a deep dive into this, I'm like, okay, how does it sit so well between these other songs and what other connections can I find? Mm-hmm. Um, so I want to listen to the album front to back again. Yeah. Um, and also listen to Dress More. I, I, the songs like the Target bonus ones, I definitely haven't listened to as much as the rest of the album. So I need to give it some time to like do those ones justice. Mm-hmm. I listen a lot to them because um, I bought the CD and it's in my car. So every mm-hmm. time I get in my car, that's what I listen to, which part of me feels like a bad Nile fan because that means I'm not streaming it as much because <laughs> I'm listening to the CD. Right. But it's like, but I paid for the CD, yeah. you know. No, I bought like three or four CDs, I swear. So, you know, I think I've, I've, I've contributed, I guess, yes. enough but for charts. But yeah. yeah. But I, yeah, they are good. Nothing is really great, too. Mm. I, I like both yeah. of those. Yeah. Um, Lucia, do you have any wrap up thoughts? Um, no, this was just really fun. Uh, it was really nice to have uh, you on with us, Kelly. I feel like um, I feel like I I've like know so much more about this song now, or like I have so many different um, like thoughts about in different kind of interpretations mm-hmm. and stuff. So I'm interested to see when I listen to it uh, after um, how it'll sound mm-hmm. different to me. 
Well, it's been a pleasure being on with you guys. Um, like, you know, this has been a lot of fun. I'm not nervous at all. Good. Very relaxed, you know. Um, so I've really enjoyed it. And I would definitely do this again yeah, if you have me on. you've been a great yeah, co-host. I really enjoy it. So, I mean, we say that about everyone. But <laughs> I seriously do love when people come on and, like, everyone's everyone yeah. has a really great perspective that they bring. Yeah. But I would be down to do this awesome. anytime. So. Um, let's move into yeah. recommendations. Uh, my recommendation is the first one is Avatar The Last Airbender on Netflix. Um, I know everyone's talking about this on Twitter. But as a child, I definitely watched Avatar. And I never really got to follow the storyline very closely or see how it ended. Um, I don't really know why. Like, I just turned on the TV and would watch random episodes. It wasn't like I was following it, but it's recently come onto Netflix in the US and I've been re watching it. And I'm really enjoying the nostalgia of like remembering things from when I was a child. But also, I feel like it's just such a good storyline in general. Um, especially during quarantine, quarantine, it's such a calming sort of show. It's very wholesome. There's a lot of good characters. Um, and I'm really enjoying it. And then my other recommendation is Chromatica by Lady Gaga. That's her new album. I've only listened to it a couple times through, um, but I'm very much enjoying it. Um, and there's a lot of great bangers on that album. So, yeah, I recommend both of those. Lucia, do you have a recommendation this week? Um, yes, my recommendation is um, a Instagram account um, of Rafaela Mancuso, um, spelled R-A-F-F-E-L-A underscore M-A-N-C-U-S-O. Um, she has an Instagram account and she talks about um, body positivity um, and there's like just a lot of important stuff um, that I see on her account. Um, I'm like newly been following her. Um, I was actually following this other account, uh, which also is a good follow called The Bird's Papaya. She's also like a body body positivity account. Um, but they had this really interesting back and forth conversation where Rafaela was talking about um, like thin people um, kind of appropriating like mm. body positivity. Um, and they just have this really interesting back and forth about it, um, which I, I feel like is not common to see, like, kind of productive conversations um, on, mm-hmm. like, social media. But it was really productive, and it feels like they, like, um, um, Nicole, who runs the Birds Papaya account, like, was really yeah. like, listening and then, like, made her own post about it. Um, and there's, like, uh, hundreds of comments, and some of them are really hard to read because there's a lot of um nasty people but there's also just like a lot of really interesting Mm -hmm. discussion um so I just thought it might be relevant especially to people who listen to our discussion on the watermelon sugar music video um if you are like interested in more of that uh those are definitely two interesting accounts to follow um and especially the the post where they were talking to each other which it was March 22nd no May 22nd um so not too far back but um but yeah I would recommend those accounts and um those specific conversations cool. as well. I just followed Rafaela. I already followed awesome. um, the other woman, but that's awesome. Yeah, I love to see Sahaya. productive conversation on social media. Yes. <laughs> Usually it's not. Um, mm-hmm. And Kelly, what is your recommendation this week? My recommendation is uh, to go watch um, or follow Connor Wells. Uh, he is a British 
independent singer songwriter. Uh, so it means he's not signed to a label. So he's just kind of self promoting. Um, he's a YouTuber, podcaster, musician. Um, and I discovered him last year, uh, through his YouTube channel. Um, he's well supportive of one direction, uh, and both of the group work and solo work. Um, he actually, um, uh, discovered him, uh, because he was doing, uh, reaction review mm-hmm. videos to, um, a lot of their solo work at first. And, um, He's uh, frequently posts reaction reviews and uh, on a diverse array of artist work, including 1D uh, group and solo projects. Um, uh, his following is pretty small, but uh, it is growing every day. Uh, you can find him on Twitter at uh, CJW underscore HQ. Uh, and uh, there you can find the link to his YouTube channel. Um, I think I believe it's the same handle on Instagram as well. Um and uh, you can go check him out. Uh, he has some really great videos um, that you can see. Um, and if you like what you see, uh, do like and subscribe because uh, that does help his channel grow. So um, he's really great. He does like live videos, uh, usually like a weekly basis where you can like mm-hmm. chat with him and stuff. And uh, he's, uh, you know, been kind of struggling through quarantine, not being able to do any live uh, performances mm-hmm. or anything. Um, so, uh, but just, just check him out, you know, spread the word and help support him. Cause he's a really great guy. Um, he's very talented. Um, and, and he supports one direction. So it'd be <laughs> nice if we can support people who support our boys, you know, people who support one direction. Yes. That's cool. I yeah. haven't heard of yeah. him. I feel like it's, um, that's a cool thing when people do like reviews of artist songs and a good way to get a listenership or to like build your audience. Yeah. Um, Yeah. yeah. Um, but it definitely feels like, you know, he's really, um, very genuine in his, his, uh, appreciation mm-hmm. for One Direction. It doesn't feel like right. he's cloud chasing yeah. or anything like That's that. Awesome. So it, yeah, it feels That's very great. genuine. Uh-huh. Um, listeners, let us know if you liked the show, what your thoughts are on, um, Niall's song, Black and White. Did you have different interpretations that we didn't cover? Um, or do you have songs you want us to do next or that you think fit in with this song or maybe relate given sort of album ties um and sort of Niall's storyline throughout his album heartbreak weather in general let us know thank you so much for listening to episode 226 of talk direction you can follow us on twitter at talk underscore direction you can email us at talkdirection at gmail.com Go to our Tumblr, which is talkdirection.tumblr.com or our Instagram, which is just talkdirection. And you can follow us individually on Twitter and Instagram. I am at Caitlin I.R. Foster and Caitlin is spelled C-A-I-T-L-I-N. And Lucia, where can they find you? You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Lucia O spelled L-U-C-C-I-A-O-H. And then Kelly, where can they find you? You can find me uh, on most platforms at catkel3299 uh, that's c-a-t-k-e-l 3299 awesome and if you want more bonus content you can head over to our patreon which is patreon.com slash talk direction that's p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com slash talk direction where we do talk direction down low those mini episodes um, of podcasts and today we're talking about what the boys could be doing to promote their albums during quarantine what they have been doing and all that good stuff And if you are a Patreon supporter, you may have the chance to come on the show like Kelly did. So that's awesome. We love having you guys on. 
um, and we love sort of that close community that we've built over on the Patreon. So if you're interested, definitely go check it out. Um, you can also subscribe to this podcast on iTunes and leave a review to help more people discover the show. And you can listen on SoundCloud and most apps where you can get podcasts. Thank you so much for listening. And a big thank you to Kelly for coming on the show and lending your beautiful mind and opinions and like Nile spirit <laughs> to the episode. Um, it's been really great <laughs> having you on um, and getting to know you more. Um, I feel like we get to know people a lot more when we actually talk to them. Um, and get to interact in a new way versus just through social media. So it's mm-hmm. been really great to talk to you. Well, thanks. <laughs> um, and we'll see everyone next time for episode 227. Bye. Bye. Bye.